And for our quote of the day, I would like to be remembered as someone who used whatever talent she had to do her work to the very best of her ability. It's by the late Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We will lead out this discussion on mental health in the following topics. Wellness mindset, that is balanced thinking, emotional recognition, and identifying your gaps. Your motivations, that is defining motivations and your degrees of involvement. And personalization, what makes sense, what you want, and what you think you want. Sarah, you want to lead us out on the discussion on wellness mindset? So I think a big topic within this is just being balanced. You know, the more balanced that you can that you are, the more that you can handle mentally. Um, and then another big thing is too is you know just to compare yourself to yourself because that's what it's really all about. You know, um, don't look at what other people are doing to then say engage where you're at because you need to be gauging yourself off of where you think you are and kind of just build a schedule on what you can do each and every day to increase your mental capacity. Yeah, I agree. I think the options that you presented when it comes to your mindset, um, they're really only options tailored to you. So if you try to look at other people's thinking patterns and say, oh, this is how I can totally you know, mimic, it's, I think that's impossible, right? Um, one thing that you can do as you're evaluating your own mindset uh, is to incorporate degrees of positivity. Um, and that's not to be toxically positive, that is to demand positivity all the time, but to take a look at things in your life that you can draw an ounce of positivity out of, right? I think that's also uh, a strong argument when it comes to practicality, because you can't be positive about everything, right? So it's not about being positive all the time, it's about being positive when it's practical. So Jason, what are your thoughts on motivations? Yeah, I, I, I like to use the table analogy, right? You've got the four legs of a table and the table's already balanced. Um, but when you put weight on the table, you're supposed to distribute the weight evenly between the legs. Um, but what you can't see is if you push down on one corner, right? Because that corner is now bearing more weight, but from the surface, it looks like everything's balanced. So to understand that your your motivations can be very flexible and fluid, I think is very important. Some days you'll feel motivated by you know your family or your friends or your job or your career. And other days you're like, dude, I am not motivated at all by that kind of stuff. And that's okay because your priorities are very fluid and they can shift around. Sarah? Yeah, I think it's good to reflect on what has brought you to this moment and what's been motivating you up to this point. And that will both probably be external forces and internal forces just amongst yourself, whether that was like friends, family, like you're trying to provide for your family and friends. But then also I'm sure that there's probably some internal things, whether it's just what you like to do and you just enjoy that. It makes you feel good. Any of those kinds of things are like, you know, it's going to help you in the long run. And I think that it's, you just need to take that time to personally see what is pushing you every day. And this last point on discussion is personalization. Sarah? This one is very personal, per se, um, but it just kind of comes down to what do you define that as? What makes up like you, which then will help guide you into what helps motivate you, what brings you forward every day, what do you need, you know, what, what is your little meter need to stay ticking in the right, you know, right capacity every single day so you're hitting those points, and then what's influencing you to be better every day, uh, and what's also influencing you maybe in the negative fashion too, and just to know what is positive and negative to your balance. Jason? 
Yeah, I think those indicators are super important. Um, if you don't take time to personalize your indicators, it's, I mean, it's, you can't have clarity. There's no way. Because if you can't even see what drives you positively and negatively, I mean, you're totally reactive at that point, right? So in the pursuit of clarity, I would say the first thing is to have some common indicators, right? And you can talk amongst your friends and family about this on things that they appreciate or things that they work on um, and do a little bit of reflection for yourself. Make it personal. All right, Sarah, why don't you give us one personal example of something that works for you when it comes to the wellness mindset? Every single day, I like to just take a couple minutes to see where I'm at as far as being balanced because I think that's a huge key in wellness mindset and just accepting if I'm off, and but also knowing that I'm off or that I'm really good today and then just trying to pinpoint what it is that got me to feel good that day. Jason? Yeah. I think process analysis is huge. If you focus only on uh, a certain goal or a certain outcome, uh, you lose the process entirely. And so when it comes to my mindset, um, I definitely take, man, I, sometimes I take an hour, right? It depends on the day. And I just, I just have to take that time to myself, uh, maybe before I go to bed or right as I'm waking up. Um, and I do a little bit of process analysis. I see how do I feel? Uh, how do I... Uh, look towards feeling that is, am I trying to feel really good and uppity today or is today kind of just like a hangout kind of mood, you know? Um, but yeah, process analysis for sure. Jason, do you want to give us one example of what works for you for motivation? Yeah, I definitely define my motivations. That is, I like to take a second and reflect and say, is this an intrinsic or an extrinsic motivator? Is it something that I generated? That is, I have a priority on doing this because I, uh, it makes me feel good or uh, you know, I have a yearn to get better at whatever it is? Or is it an extrinsic motivator? That is, uh, somebody is uh, in competition with me to get better at something or my family expects me to do something that's motivating me to do it. Um, so I like to define that and kind of split those so that I know when I should be handling some intrinsic motivators and handling some extrinsic motivators. How about you, sir? So I actually have a vision board where, I'm at, where I literally write down what it is that motivates me. And on those days that I'm doubting myself, and, and I wouldn't say like I'm not motivated, it's usually that there's like some self-doubt going on. And then I realize that and I look back at, again, what, what pushed me to get started, what pushed me to get exactly where I'm at. And then just looking back at what started it all usually is enough to you know get me going up the next day. Sarah, why don't you give us an example of something that works for you when it comes to personalization? For this one, I really like to, again, you know, look at myself, right? It's not about anybody else. It's about yourself. You know, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, I'm sitting in my apartment, I'm by myself. It's just me. At that moment, I need to be happy for myself, with myself, and if I'm happy just with myself, then I'll be happy with friends, family, all everyone that I love, because if I'm not happy with that and I need someone else to feel happy with, like that's, uh, that's scary. Jason? Yeah, I think inclusion is pretty important. When you include um, like the actions that you take, the motivations that you have, and you're willing to accept those, um, you can draw a lot more out of it rather than just saying, oh, this is something I have to do or this is something that has been told to me, right? Um, when you include it as a, well, this is what's driving me forward, even if it is something you have to do, if you can internalize that, um, I think it's pretty liberating, right? Because then it's not so much a burden as much as it is a personal choice. For our first question, how do I increase my mental bandwidth? 
I think you need to take time to reflect on the proportions. That is, when it comes to things that are taking up your bandwidth, what is the proportion of things, right? So if you can't accurately determine what's going on in your mind, you're going to be foggy all the time. So associate, you know, is it a family issue? Is it a personal issue? Is it a friend's issue? Is it a work issue? Figure out the proportion and then try to balance those proportions. Sarah? Yeah, on the same line as being balanced, um, I like to make sure that I am balanced every single day because when I am, I'm usually able to mentally handle more. And whether that's a stressful situation or not, I'm able just to take on more tasks and be more productive for that day. And I can tell that when I'm struggling to be as productive as I normally am, I'm usually not as balanced as I normally am. For our next question, what do you do to manage stress? I think you have to have multiple outlets. If you're physically stressed because you've been sitting in an office, get up, stretch, go to the gym. That's a physical outlet. If you've got a lot of tasks and chores and things building up, eating your mental bandwidth, adding you know, mental stressors to that probably isn't going to help, right? So you got to find a way to offset some of that mental stress. And I think a lot of people think that you know, if I play a video game or if I, I watch some TV, it's a good way to offset some of that mental stress. I, I don't think that is at all. Actually clearing your mind of that fog is usually done through a little bit of walk-in or meditation or hiking. So the appropriate type of stress and managing that is pretty important. How about you, sir? So stress for me is actually a motivator, but I'm able to do that because I compartmentalize all of my stresses around me. And so therefore I'm able to take on a lot more and I actually get become very bored if I don't have enough. So I think that help pushes me to do more every day. This next question, how do I stay motivated? So for this one, I like to look back at, you know, what had me start and is it truly that I'm not motivated or at that moment am I just kind of feeling down or am I not balanced for that day to feel like I can take on those stressors? And I think that's a very big distinct difference between the two, but nonetheless, I like to reflect. I like to look at the future. What am I trying to work towards? Jason? Yeah, I'm not always motivated. I don't think anybody is. Sometimes that motivation, uh, at least the part that you're actioning on, is literally just maintenance or it's a routine. And so when it's just maintenance, make it action driven, right? When you know it's just something you have to do to continue on in that motivation, let the action speak, right? So just getting it done in lieu of focusing on the motivating factor sometimes is a better option. And for this last question, how do you let go? Yeah, uh, I think meditation reflection is big here. So we all carry baggage, right? We all carry uh, things that we hold very close to our heart, whether it's past memories and loved ones, friends, family. Um, but a lot of baggage that we carry is toxic and it's unnecessary, like getting into an argument at work uh, or something dumb, like getting cut off when you're driving, right? Those are the types of things that they just take up your mental bandwidth, right? And if you've got the ability to reflect and meditate a little bit and clear that off your head, uh, get rid of some of that toxic baggage, um, you're much more able to be in the present and to remember that you're moving in the present, right? Because you're never still. So if you live too much in the past or if you're too focused on the future, you'll literally forget to be in the present. How about you, Sarah? Yeah, I think a big portion is being in the present and to compartmentalize all of these little things that are maybe, you know, stressing you out that you have in the past um, and choose between, you know, is it something petty and just let it go? Don't take it too personal. Or was it a very personal relationship and friendship and connection that you had? And with that, look at it, reflect on it, you know, respect it. And you don't have to replace it 
accept it for what it was, and move forward. And now, here are some messages from our listeners. Hello, all. I transitioned out of the Marine Corps and went straight into the workforce about two years ago. And as you guys know, this was no small change. In regards to mental and emotional health, uh, one of the larger changes that really affected me was the lack of reliable and constant feedback. Coming from being enlisted and having sergeants or staff sergeants always present and always very willing to give you advice, um, it's a much different environment when you leave that People aren't as willing to correct you or to guide you. So it's it was really rough for me to try to self-guide and make goals for myself. Something that I felt pretty immediately after leaving was I didn't at all take the time to assess myself honestly because it had been done for me in in the past. So that was a new skill that I had to develop. And some of the methods I learned or found through that process was writing and journaling. And every day, even if you don't think that you'll meet the goal that you, that you want for yourself, write it down and put it on paper. Because if you see it, it holds more weight. And then over time, you'll start slowly being able to meet those goals that you've set for yourself. Um, in terms of goal setting, I definitely would recommend seeking out a mentor. This is a bit more on the professional side, but find someone who you're working with or maybe your boss who has a similar career trajectory that you that you want, that you see for yourself, and ask them, ask them questions and get them to become a guiding force for you because that is something that is, was not as readily present when I got out of the military. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that was my experience transitioning out in terms of mental health, just keeping yourself, hold yourself responsible like you are one of your sergeants or staff sergeants. And I wish everyone the best with their transition and happy holidays. Cheers. I'm a staff sergeant in the Army. I've been in for about 12 years, and I'm on the tail end of a pretty long medical separation. Um, it's been like 19 months, I think. My VA rep just really uh, tanked about 80 of our cases, and it delayed us about six months or more, I think. I mean, he actually got fired. So um, if you can believe that, someone actually getting fired from the VA because they're that bad. Um, but anyway, uh, probably the most difficult part of this whole uh, separation process is that none of the skills that they taught you in the military um, to become what they needed you to become, to do the job that they needed you to do, uh, really, the, it doesn't translate into helping you survive the transition process. Um, they they taught you grit, they developed your skills in such a way that it would help you push through maybe a long ruck march or a PT test or some kind of adversarial moment 
or a moment of truth for you. Um, and the skills that they taught you are excellent and prevailing in those particular situations, but it it's just doesn't help you here. Um, yeah, I remember when I was first going through the transition classes at the beginning, um, I remember all of the speakers talking about how difficult this is and how hard it's going to be, but they're here for us and, and there's tons of resources, et cetera, et cetera. And I just remember thinking, God, we have been through so much worse. I mean, I get it. It's going to be difficult, but I mean, this is, it's fine. It'll be fine. Whatever. I just remember, I remember how that all felt then. And I realize now how self-defeating that mentality is because it just turned into me beating myself up every time things got really rough. Um, I just felt like I should be more resilient or I should be able to handle it. Just never gave myself the grace um, to just struggle in the moment. And um, instead of pushing myself to, to think that I needed to be something else for that moment. The thing is that, um, I mean, you're going through this, you, you've never been through anything like this before. So it's completely, with, it's um, a reasonable expectation that you don't know who you are in this moment as you're going through these things. And you're just going to have to uh, figure it out as you go along. And um, yeah, that's, that's really something else. That's, uh, it's difficult. A few things on mental health. I found that three things helped me cope as I was transitioning out. Uh, one thing was acceptance. Um, I, I had to learn that the speed of my, my mental, my thinking, was significantly faster than any physical aspect I can control. Um, you know, that becomes apparent when you get out and you have a lot more choices and it feels like a lot more responsibilities or burdens sometimes. Um, you know, when you're in, it's, it's routine and it's relatively fixed. Um, so sometimes that sense of safety uh, can be daunting at first. Uh, learning to accept and understand that, you know, it, it really is your choice and for you to be able to prioritize and take time to reflect, it really helps to clear out some of that mental fog. The second piece was learning to move on, right? Um, you know, a lot of people have the comparison of the suitcase, right? You fill your suitcase with different tools and different items. And it's not that you, you don't want to, you know, honor the, the memories and the relationships and the experiences that you made, but not everyone else is going to be able to relate to those. And understanding that um, and accepting that others are, are unique in their own ways and that you can adapt and learn from others as well, um, you know, that's a, that's a good way to kind of reintegrate because I know for a lot of us who spent time um, mostly hanging out with, with our, our group, our troop, or, you know, your, the people to your left and right, sometimes when you get out, it can be a little bit uh, lonely, right? And then the last thing is to have a sense of mental wellness as a priority. Uh, you know, it's hard to measure that, and that's probably one of the reasons a lot of people don't think about it too much. But taking some time to, to look back and say, hey, how do I actually feel uh, how, do, how does my emotional and mental uh, stressors, how do they feel, right? Are they positive stress, and are they keeping me motivated and driven? Or are they things that I could do without, right? If you know 
that when you pick up some social media or you turn on something and, and you're watching some news and it's getting you pissed off, and just put it down, right? And that's something that I think a lot of us, you know, if you're not used to having to make your own choices all the time, you kind of overlook. And finally, if you're able to take those three and bundle them up, um, you know, examine your suitcase, right? Examine what's inside your mind. I'd say to take to take a good inventory of the things that matter and take a good inventory of the things that you want to matter moving forward. Um, a good friend of mine passed away a few weeks ago. I remember <laughs> I remember hanging out in the dojo with him and training with him and, you know, grabbing a beer with him by a seawall. But um, I, I'll keep that in my suitcase and I won't let it spread out and I won't let it take over too much of my bandwidth because I know it's something that I can keep and I can see, right? And it's something that I can honor in my own ways. Um, you know, sometimes that memorial run or that memorial ruck with a whole group of people is great, but sometimes um, it's really on you to clear your own mental fog. Thank you so much for joining us on our second episode. We are both looking forward to listening to your input and experiences. I hope you're staying warm for Thanksgiving and that you get to spend some time with friends and family and cherish these love moments. We release a new episode every Thursday, so please join us for weekly dialogue and discussion. You can reach us at myhwp.org. We have our contact information, health, wealth, and purpose guidelines, Q&A forms, and reference materials to assist you in your journey. Please reach out at any time. We look forward to supporting your balance. All content shared on this podcast is personal in nature and is not meant to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have serious concerns or emergencies, please reach out and contact your provider. Mm -hmm.